Remember your lessons about using absolutes? People aren't always anything, really. And even though we learned it as a binary situation, gender exists on a spectrum. People can be male, female, non-binary, agender, intergender, genderqueer, gender fluid, or any number of other gender expansive identities. Hi, welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Come on in. Well, Julie, we're talking about pronouns today. Remember grammar? Remember what nouns and pronouns are? Well, I was an English major a long time ago, Cindy, so I think so. A noun is a word for people, places, and things. We use them to refer to something or someone. A person can be a psychologist. That's a noun. It is, or they can be referred to by their names like Cindy or Julie. Those are our personal nouns, otherwise known as proper nouns. A lot of languages other than English refer to all nouns in a gendered way, even though we don't in English. For example, in languages like Spanish, French, German, and a lot of others, even tables and chairs are gendered masculine or feminine. And not always the same way either. A table in Spanish is feminine, but in German, it's masculine. So trying to fit all nouns into a binary system of gender where everything, including tables and chairs, is either male or female can be confusing. It seems arbitrary. It is arbitrary. English doesn't give a gender to everything, thank goodness but our pronouns are frequently gendered. These are the words we use to refer to someone in the third person. And it can also be pretty confusing to apply a binary system of gender to every person. Yet because we learn our language that way, we somehow think it makes sense until we realize it doesn't. So let's look at that. Yes, I would like to look at that. <laughs> There are typical girl names and boy names, and whether you're given a girl name or a boy name at birth depends on the genitals that people see when you're born, to be blunt. The doctor or nurse looks at the genitals and declares it's a boy or it's a girl. Or if you get tested and the genetics can be seen, you're considered a girl if you have two X chromosomes and a boy if you have an X and a Y chromosome. Right. But there are a small but important percentage of people who have two X chromosomes, yet they don't fit in the norm. They have male genitalia. The same is true for some people with an X and a Y, but female genitalia. There are also people born with both genitalia or an uncertain combination. In other words, things don't always fit into the either or categories. And then there are also all sorts of situations in which calling someone a male or a female doesn't make sense. According to scientists, gender isn't a rigid he-she binary situation rooted in the sex a person is assigned at birth. 
Both nature and nurture play strong parts, just like in everything else. And that includes biology and culture and anything that influences our ultimate identity, which is a whole lot of things. We've ignored this fact for a very long time. The same way we ignore a lot of inconvenient facts. And so we come to the part where we talk about all the talk about pronouns. So English major here, a pronoun is used to replace a noun. So when we refer to people, instead of using names, we might say he or she or they or something else. We'll get to that. Typically, pronouns are either singular or plural. A lot of languages, including English, have gendered pronouns, right? If it's referring to a male, we say he, and to a female, we say she. Oddly, if it's two of anything, it's an ungendered they or a them. So when two or more of us gather, our gender becomes neutral. Interesting. That actually is interesting, Cindy. Hadn't really thought about it. We also use they or them when we're referring to someone, even one person, whose gender we don't know. For example, we might say, someone came to our door, they left a flyer, or this chef made a great dessert, they're an amazing baker. We say stuff like that all the time. I do. <laughs> yeah. And given all this, it's no wonder that the current generation is finally questioning all of this out loud. It isn't new, but it was more hidden and not taken seriously. And now it's become common, at least in some places, for people to introduce themselves with their pronouns. This lets other people know how they prefer to be referred to. Sometimes the easiest way to ask for someone's pronouns is to share your own first. People tend to reciprocate by introducing themselves the same way you just did. If you only ask people what their pronouns are when you're not sure, you're assuming that everyone you meet conforms to your ideas of gender and uses the pronouns that make sense to you. Right, Julie. Like if you think someone looks like a male, you assume they go by he. Or if you think they look like a female, you assume they go by she. A lot of them do, but more than you realize may not. It's not a good idea to assume you know a person's pronouns. That's what we're saying here. Some people don't identify with the sex they were assigned at birth or the pronouns others use to describe them. They may have been assigned female or male, but they may not identify with that. They might identify as transgender, but not necessarily. They might just feel like they don't fit into the gender dichotomy. Their gender identity may or may not correspond with the gender they were assigned at birth. And how you perceive their clothing or their name or whatever, the best thing to do is just ask them how they want to be referred to. Just like you'd ask someone's name. Continually using the wrong pronouns to address or refer to someone is a microaggression, which is a form of hostility just like continually calling someone the wrong name. People can choose to use gender pronouns to refer to themselves in a way that feels most accurate to them in terms of reflecting their gender identity. The most commonly used these days are he, him, she, her, or gender neutral pronouns like they, them. There are some other less used ones like Zer, for example, which may feel awkward at first, but the point is that doesn't matter. The most respectful thing to do is refer to people the way they want you to. Right. The traditional use of he and she assumes that gender is binary. 
which means you can only be one of two things with no other options. And in this case, it means that people are always male or female. Remember your lessons about using absolutes? People aren't always anything, really. And even though we learned it as a binary situation, gender exists on a spectrum. People can be male, female, non-binary, agender, intergender, genderqueer, genderfluid, or any number of other gender-expansive identities. I like the term gender-expansive. Using he and she exclusively to refer to people implies that gender non-conforming people need to be one or the other to be acknowledged. This seems very disrespectful and invalidating. Why do we have to invalidate someone's identity? You know, Cindy, that's an excellent question. Why do people care so much about not allowing people to be different? Why does it make them so angry? Hmm. I think maybe we have another podcast in that. Yeah, I like that. For now, let's stick with this topic. Plenty here. Since English traditionally uses he and she to refer to people, we have to be intentional about using language in a way that's more inclusive. Anything else can be a kind of rejection. Yeah, gender is often irrelevant or even unknown more than we realize. And it doesn't really make a difference to the idea of being kind and respectful to others. Yet still, there's a lot of resistance to using gender-neutral pronouns. A common excuse is that using they-them to describe individual people is poor grammar. But as we mentioned, people use they and them to describe single people all the time. And we always did. Yeah, there's a long history of people inventing gender-neutral pronouns, even going back centuries. And of course, you know, people don't like to admit this, but our language is always evolving to reflect new social norms like it should. For example, we no longer speak Elizabethan English like Shakespeare did. Language changes all the time. If we haven't been compelling enough yet, we want to point out that using the appropriate pronoun matters for people's well-being and sense of belonging. Right. Do you care about other people's well-being? I hope so. Studies show that using the correct pronoun raises self-esteem, and youth who are acknowledged by their correct name and pronoun experience significantly less symptoms of severe depression, of course. So it really matters. If you use the wrong pronouns when talking to someone by accident, you don't have to make a big deal out of it. You can just apologize, correct yourself, and move on, just like you would if you called them the wrong name or mispronounced it. And please refer to someone the way they want you to, even when they're not there. It's a good practice to correct yourself and other people on this. All of this might be awkward at first, but once you start thinking outside the binary, you get more and more used to using gender-inclusive pronouns and seeing when they're necessary. Yeah, just like with misogyny and racism and other systemic forms of discrimination, you start to see it everywhere and it becomes another challenge to raise awareness about and root it out. Think about all the ways you can be gender-inclusive when you speak, when you write, or when you address a group. It's also a good idea to educate yourself. A lot of people who use gender-neutral pronouns are fine talking to you about it. But nobody should have to be the spokesperson for a group of people like the entire LGBTQ plus community. 
which they actually can't be anyway, since each person has their own preferences for a lot of things, including their preference for how you should refer to them. And why? And please don't make them defend their pronouns. That's just rude. It's not actually any of our business. Be respectful. People continually working to get it right shows people they're worth getting it right for. And really, we all are. Right. The truth is, you may never understand gender pronouns because you may not have the experience of not fitting perfectly into the binary or even understand how it can be so. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to understand someone to treat them with respect. So, glsen.org, the website of the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, can be a good place to start if you want to learn more about pronouns or other relevant issues or find good resources for support and understanding. Check it out. Thanks for listening today. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Until next time, take care. <laughs>